Feeling like a freak on leash. Da, 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 da. Don't think I can get no release. Da, da, da. Welcome to our Art Thou, where we tell you where the art is. And how we feel about it. I'm Jacob. I'm Luke. And do we got a show for you. <laughs> is that the VeggieTales? Yeah, that's the VeggieTales. Yeah. Wow, how many people are going to get that reference? I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people grew up in Christian homes in the 90s. Yeah. And if we hit our demographic of this being the Bible Belt, you're right. Hopefully. <laughs> is that is that who we're trying to get? I mean, I don't know if we're trying to get anyone, but it's I grew up with it, so it's right. gonna be a part of the culture even if it's subconscious. I mean that was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. So as you may have guessed, listeners, uh this week we're talking all about veggie tales. <laughs> uh how did you feel about this week in music? My sentiments exactly. Our first Radio-esque fart uh, <laughs> effect. We've we've gone up in the world we've of class, made people. Made it to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't... This is a couple weeks into April by the time y'all are hearing this. Uh, I, I have stayed within the March music list. Because honestly, a lot didn't come out this week because this would be the this was the first releases of April. Right. Yeah. It was kind of barren. Yeah. So it, it makes sense, but also I just wanted to you know because we you know missed right two recordings, so yeah. I wanted to make sure we got stuff. And I looked desperately. There's just it was so such a dry month. Yep. <laughs> it's just weird. Blonde. Very blonde. 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 Very blonde. <laughs> Um, but we have uh, three offerings for you today, folks, in the form of honorable mentions. Yep. Um, and the first one, and yeah, the first one we're going to talk about, I guess. Right, yeah. Uh, make a wish, because we found another eyelash. It's everyone's favorite, <laughs> Billy Eyelash. Now make sure, you know, you, you, you cherish that eyelash, because it's going to... Come, gonna enjoy it, and it's gonna fade away. Um, yeah, <laughs> sounds pretty accurate. Um, I wasn't super blown away, but you got to remember she's seventeen, right? And she did all of this pretty much with her brother. Like, there's not other. Like, if you look at the credits, it's pretty barren. It's pretty much just her and her brother, um, which is pretty impressive. 
Like it's very quality recordings. Um, not the most out there stuff, but right. I think she chose well for the most part. I'm not a big fan of the ukulele song. I don't know if you remember that one. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I I don't I don't know if I listened to this album. Oh boy. <laughs> but uh, I did, and um, I was more intrigued with her as an artist than I think Luke was, just because of the cultural pop culture ramifications of who she is. Right. And I just want to be aware of that, even if I'm not super interested in it, because I don't know. That's kind of part of art, seeing where it's where even the uh, popular stuff's moving that reaches the most people. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that can um, tell where society is at some points. Because, uh, you know, you look back on different musical styles, it shows where the society was as a whole. And this yeah. lady, or Billie Eilish, quote unquote, this young lady, almost a woman, um, is steamed to be one of the next um, protege type people because she grew up in an artistic home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, was homeschooled, so she was able to just having the ability to groom this and be in a culture that really uh, is basically good fertilizer for musicality and stuff. But at the same time, I wasn't super blown away at this point. But I'm super excited because she's young, and I think there's a lot of potential there for sure. Like her melodies are on point. She has, um, she has a pretty good, like ear for taste, and I'm sure they say <laughs> that's like, not how ears work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently, when her and her brother like make these songs, there's they argue the entire time. There's like a constant <laughs> war. Wow, that sounds really terrible <laughs> yeah but i mean it's like brother sibling so it's right. kind of like one of those like they're used to it and it's not like relationship destroying it's right. just like being siblings um so uh, tension can be very great for stuff coming out very um good quality you know yeah when something sucks oh it's my gosh be... jacob that's why what? our podcast sucks <laughs> we don't argue enough <laughs> outside of the podcast yeah. <laughs> during the production of the podcast. We need to argue more during yeah. that. Uh, you're right. Just huge <laughs> epiphany. You're wrong, Luke, about whatever you... Uh, we made it <laughs> again. You were thinking about that thing. You're wrong taking a drink right now. I disagree. Hey, with your you're not supposed to tell them I'm taking a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I so like you can see me in the crown is still one of the highlights for me. Right. Uh, lyrically, uh, Bad Guy is pretty interesting because basically it's her talking about these old, older creeps, like 20-something-year-olds who are trying to hit on her and that their girlfriends are getting jealous and that she ends up being the bad guy even though these guys are fucking creepy type right. thing, which is really interesting lyrical play, all yeah. kind of facade with this kind of cutesy, I'm the bad guy kind of facade yeah. around these like pretty um, picturesque, not good picturesque, but bad picture you know they're kind of hinting towards the the deeper layer of the song which is really cool i forget which song it is but she has um a verse where she counts to like five or something like whatever the lines are she puts which number line she's on in the lyric and she does it in a tasteful way where it works which is fun and creative don't Mm -hmm. see that kind of puzzle word play a lot right these days 
Um, if you just, I was talking to friends at work today about just reading us Seven Rings by uh, Ariana Grande, how juvenile those lyrics are. <laughs> but so it's interesting. Um, and she's got a really dark aesthetic, which I enjoy. I like that. Yeah, it's, I think that's fun. And at the same time, like, roll my eyes yeah she's a 17 year old girl that's being edgy (laughs) but i mean there's an appreciation of that age you know you get a real snapshot and a reminder because sometimes i forget what it's like to be edgy and a teen you know right i can't fault her for being her age i can fault society for like giving her a big old thumbs up and a smile though (laughs) that's all we needed Uh, teach their own the pessimist cynic yep that's me. No, but I totally get where you're coming from. <laughs> I think that's part of my thing is like, I can't fault her, but I don't enjoy this. Like, yeah. I don't enjoy the edge lord. I do enjoy the atmosphere of it. Right. Isn't, like, she creates a good tone. Yeah. But some of the lyrics come off very edgy. Not yeah. so, There's way more edgy, like, I want to die lyrics. <laughs> and these are, I want to die, but a little more creatively, like, said. It's not just like emo 2000s right. without you I'm dead type <laughs> lyrics so I'm gonna salute her for that and yeah. she's a very gifted 17 year old songwriter like there's a lot of potential like I said right. so uh, not the most mind blowing thing to me pretty enjoyable um, excited for what she has in the future is my summary of this album I just wanted to say like a couple words about the next two honorable mentions uh, just because we don't have much going on this episode, it may end up being a you know same length, but because we have some yeah. interesting things to yeah, talk yeah. about. Uh, but music from the edge of an island by Luke Abbott. It's just really nice, like calm, atmospheric piano music that's inspired by. I can only assume <laughs> different places on this aforementioned island um i didn't read about it it may be like luke abbott spent a month alone on an island <laughs> with only a piano he was inspired by watching <laughs> castaway for the first time yeah. don't know why it's a never great watched, idea <laughs> never don't know why it took him this long to watch it and then the other one is learning how to talk by mess and it's just kind of like a Dreamy, female vocals, forward. Right. Uh, I enjoyed it, which I'm, that's not something I normally enjoy. Sometimes it's bloated and gets on my nerves, but it was tasteful. And the drumming on the song Dead Space, (laughs) that song in particular is choice. Yeah. It makes you think he's in an odd time signature, but he's in 4 4. He's that kind of drummer. He has those good off beats and. Uh, stutters and things yeah it was just like it's like you he's falling down a staircase or something while he's driving it's just like this constant stumble but it's perfectly like timed and everything right yeah it's perfect ghost notes it's it was i don't get distracted by drums that often because i've listened to so many insane drummers a lot of it um yeah a lot of it i don't know just kind of goes into my I can still hear it as good, but it doesn't come to the front of my focus. This right. thing took and sucked all my focus into the drums, which is, I can tell it's something I enjoyed in the drums if it totally like makes me forget the guitar and the vocals and stuff. 
Right. So Dead Space is probably my favorite just because the drums kind of blew me away on that song. Yeah. Um, Good song in the whole too. But uh, that's it for our honorable mentions. And for the main course, we're going to start with Instagram artists. Oh, yeah. Because I'm probably going to be using Instagram a lot more frequently <laughs> than DeviantArt. Just because... Your boys understand the social a little yeah, more. Yeah, I, I was like, I, you know, last episode. Was it last episode I had this revelation? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the meme of the guy who, the deeper the levels go, eventually <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the cosmic. He's like hit third tier cosmic right yeah. now. Just like, wait a minute, all you have to do is put hashtag art and then the top posts, which that isn't, that is what I'm doing. But, you know, I usually do, like, hashtag oil painting just because I, I right. really like oil painting. But It'll go more descriptive. Yeah, more specific stuff. But I don't necessarily want to know what the, like, zeitgeist is of the moment. Right. It's just, I just know that that's an easier way to find quality stuff, I guess. Right. I, I would love to find, you know, some unknown person. Like I've always said about music and everything. If you, But, but the good thing about hashtags end up being the most recent... Some of the most recent stuff. Well, it's like, not the most recent. I could, I right. could do most recent, but it's. It's the most. Well, popular. I guess, I guess it is. I it's, don't know. It's a combi- I think it's an algorithm mixed of popularity and most recent okay. for the most part. But if the more obscure hashtags you do, right. the more just recent stuff. It won't be popular anymore because there's not a lot right. in that hashtag category. Hashtag Sonic OCs. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Look it up, folks. Don't, please don't. Um, <laughs> but first one is uh, Dmitry underscore Kustenovich on Instagram, of course. We have that in your deets. <laughs> and Which will be on time from now on because we yeah. <laughs> had that clever epiphany the other week. You know all of our epiphanies, people. We're basically <laughs> teaching you how to do a podcast. Yeah, we don't do much out of podcast like discussion <laughs> yeah so this man dimitri <laughs> i'm sorry just, i couldn't hold the damn stamp <laughs> we're keeping this in <laughs> i didn't know that you could do i didn't know you could like switch the mode to being able to see everything in full uh, full size and then just scroll down just listen said, guys I don't yeah. go on Instagram we have like these clap moments where we talk about stuff in between edits yeah. and just his my god yeah. <laughs> it was like the most sincere epiphany <laughs> this is gonna make things a lot easier and I've I know I had to have done it before I guess I just forgot anyway Dimitri <laughs> yes. he is a Artist. Artist. <laughs> Oil painter, as far as I can tell, it's all he does. Um, and it is impressionism of like... What is impressionism to, to your best of knowledge? I was going to... I thought you were going to say, what is impressionism to you? <laughs> that too. Um, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you're like getting... As far as I understand, at least, and I'm not an impressionist, and right. I, you know, I've taken a ton of classes on different styles and artists and stuff, but that stuff, it is so hard for me to just absorb that kind of like raw info and like keep it there. 
Right. At one point, I could have told you like a timeline of all famous artists and like of, what made each movement progress right. to the next, but that was a long time ago, back way back when I was in college, <laughs> <laughs> not that long ago. Um, but as far as I know, impressionism is just a way of like getting the feel for something with with the brush strokes rather than trying to form a like a photorealistic image of something you're trying to capture the essence of it with okay. with the motion of the color and the, the right. type of brush stroke and stuff so they but, do an awesome job because like yeah. it comes off semi-realistic in this sense. yeah that's what blows my mind about this guy because i am not typically into impressionism right um and I don't know why exactly. I guess, I don't know, a lot of it just comes off as lazy, I guess, is what it boils down to. But you can tell this this guy puts, like, there's, like, mathematical precision to, yeah. <laughs> to the way this guy works. Um, like, the first one that you'll see is just... A sailboat, like a a big a big ship yeah, with sails, shit. not not a sailboat. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's not a <laughs> it's sailboat. It's a little sailboat. It's just a tiny little sailboat. Uh, it's all perspective, man. It's like master commander type. Yeah, it's like a huge, it's like a huge boat with sails. Right. Uh, but I can tell. I I'm, he has videos of how he does this stuff, but I haven't I haven't uh, watched them. But I can tell all of this is palette knife, and he's just getting the edge of the palette knife to to get this um like the what do you call that the like supports that hold all the friggin <laughs> ropes together and whatnot coming off the beams sails. yeah but the the little ones <laughs> the little ones going across. i don't know i'm not a, <laughs> i'm not a sailor uh well andrew to, if you're listening to this yeah. what's that called oh my gosh yeah call him um <laughs> He, he works on more different uh, kind of boat, yeah. but we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. He may have to, he may have to learn that in nautical school. Does he take nautical school? <laughs> what does the Navy do other than be on big metal boats that shouldn't float? Welcome to two idiots have no idea what anything is. <laughs> That's art in itself, you know. Yeah. Uh, we told but, you we were dumb. Episode zero. So listen, you don't have to tell us how dumb we are. Anyway, yeah, we beat you to it. He just like. Like, the, all the sails are just this swoop, like this curved swoop to right. get the, the feel of the wind going through. And it's he gets all this paint on the knife at once so that when he does the swoop, it creates a streak to where you just get this multi-layered textural effect um, where it, it, it kind of infers shadow. And I, I love that. That and is the, awesome. The water is just like a bunch of choppy... Yeah, choppy strokes, but also he's using the same color as he used on the boat, so that you get a sense of the reflection in the water. That's genius, and I mean, I'm sure he didn't, you know, invent that idea, but right. I just love it. It, Very, it comes together so yeah. nice. Um, I love the butterfly. Can we yes. skip to the butterfly? <laughs> yeah, butterfly is my favorite. It has like a prisming, um, kaleidoscoping type effect to it. It's almost like the the kaleidoscoping effect is the motion of the butterfly in a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like the butterfly itself is informing the reality around the butterfly. So it's like butterfly effect. Whoa, bro. 
<laughs> yeah. That's kind of crazy. The I don't name's think, I don't... in Russian, so maybe it's called Butterfly Effect. <laughs> the English says it's part of his Butterflies series. Oh, okay. That makes sense because he's got the few. But it's it's like, like you're saying, like a kaleidoscope like a prism and like a like a broken window or something yeah it's super cool um, I, I love the colors it. as well it um i don't even know what mood that like i that's a interesting color scheme he uses a lot of tans yeah which is and i love that but personally. in a different way not in like a you know a fall um dreary kind of way it's a very light spring type tan beige color you know it's opposite right. of what i'm used to when you add those kind of dirty brown you know like those whites with you know what brown in it which is what tan is but right. what i'm saying is <laughs> you don't see that done that way a lot and like you were saying about the uh realism like like there is actual realism too in a weird way with the bush thing <laughs> that the that the flowers are in um it's just, you know, it's a bunch of greens and stuff just on top of each other, but it has this kind of, you just stare at it and it has this dreamlike quality of where right. it's just giving you all the essentials that your eyes need to like yeah. know what it is. It's really cool. It just blows my mind. Um, and then you, like, you were talking to me a second ago, like outside of the podcast when we looked this dude up. Right. Um, that city, that's a, I think. Yeah, the black and white. Back from it. Yeah, the part of the City Reigns series. Yeah, it's a it's one post newer, I guess, is the way to describe right, yeah. that. Um, but yeah, the it's black and white, but it, it's tan as well. Like there's tan in it, but it appears to have a black and white kind of. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's a snow scene, but yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be nece- um, necessarily based on the like reflections and whatnot. Right. And he has a lot of reflections in everything he does. Yeah. Uh, but not in a way that's chrome, but more of a wet type stylings. And and you you could be tempted to, like, I don't know, at first blush, I didn't know that some of that stuff was reflections. But then you see how it mirrors, like, that building on the right. You just look directly down from it and see streaks going straight down. This is, like, the same color. Right. And that's... Just so interesting to me. I don't know how. I don't know how you would think about this. I don't know. I don't know how he does the car because that's what my brain yeah. goes to a lot. It makes your eyes gravitate because it looks wrong. But yeah. In a way that you're not offended, you know. It's, right. Yeah. It's kind of just dissolves into the everything else. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like, I think part of why I like this, and I don't like a lot of similar stuff is how he keeps all the essential parts of the composition separate from each other um, distinctly. And I'm not really sure how he's doing that necessarily, but, um, but the car is just, like you say, it's kind of like melting, (laughs) melting in the background. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what else had to, his stuff has all the, very similar feel in all of it. Um, His nature stuff kind of like goes toward the type of style that I'm not a huge fan of. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think I like what he does with angular stuff. 
Yeah. Which um, is the more the up close, more like cityscape city stuff. Cityscapes. And then, but the butterflies are really cool as well because yeah. they, the butterflies themselves are angular. Yeah, and yeah. have a lot of cool edge type things you can do. Yeah. Um, I like the landscape just for the aesthetic value. Um, the, it's not uh, as... Like one under the butterfly? That yeah, that butterfly. one and then also the snow one. I think that one... That was on March nineteenth. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I like the colors a lot. Yeah, the where he just like suggests leaves by having this very ground texture and then just getting these colors and just like slapping them on there. Yeah, it just looks like leaves. Yep, and then there's these weird, I don't know, little cube prism colors within the background. Yeah, uh, it has a kind of a magical effect to it with the light. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this would make a great puzzle or a horrible puzzle, depending <laughs> on which way you uh, see the world. I like the chunkier stuff he does. I don't, like, if I just focus on the background, I don't really like that style that much. And I, it's similar to some of the others I don't like that much. I think I just like it when he, I don't know, bigger brush strokes. I'm not sure. Yeah, but. I totally get it. I like it a little more, but I'm a little less on the realism side than you are. Right. But either way, he's very awesome and interesting and worth a look. Yeah, definitely. And if you only kind of know more of the art we've already covered, this is something completely new for you. Because we haven't really covered yeah. anything like this on the podcast before. Um, I got another one. Ooh, give it to me, boy. Colin.elder. Yeah. On Instagram. These would make amazing tattoos. Yeah, they would. And you would need a very amazing artist to pull them off. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And a lot of money. <laughs> One of them I really like, which is even, it's a different and it's not the same style as all the faces, but the, there's an owl that looks like a collage. It's called Planet Earth. It's got some pink, I don't know, it looks like coral type things in the background and there's two birds on the side and two hands and a jawbone and then in the centerpiece there's a white owl yeah and it looks like stickers almost it looks <laughs> legit like a collage but it, it, you can see that he drew it with pen and stuff yeah this guy is really um really precise yeah and i really love that i love the mixture of the surrealism um and really like realistic precision yeah. <laughs> artwork that that combination is the best oh man this one where a bear's coming out of this dude's face is pretty interesting like yeah. multiple bears like yeah it's just so crazy like they look so real but it's just like ridiculous how it morphs out of the faces like super surreal it makes no sense but then you have these pristine looking bears and his beard looks incredible yeah i think uh, this artist got me thinking again about like what I was saying a few episodes ago about how I like realistic artwork more um, and representational artwork right. more. Well, hmm, you could be realistic but not be representational. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could. Um, <laughs> just be really like really photorealistic blobs and stuff. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, but 
the realism like this has so much more impact the the surreal elements of it have such more impact because of the realism like if this if this was done in super stylistic fashion i don't think it would have near the impact right cuz yeah. it pulls you into this impossible space or this you know right it's very mind blowing yeah um my emotions aren't as attached as much which is a very interesting thing when you start going into this side of things it's more towards of amazement headspace than it is right because the expressionism does what it's supposed to you you get the idea of it so i feel like there's more of a primal kind of attachment which i feel is very aesthetic but this is more like just mind-blowing how does he pull this off type stuff and I, f- I find that weird because they're both i like them both pretty much equally i may even like this one a little more just because I'm so impressed. Right. But it doesn't affect my emotions as much. So that's really interesting how art can affect different parts of you um, in a different portion based on what they're going for. That makes any sense at all. I hope so. If not, I am sorry, people. Leave a comment. Did it make sense or is Jacob insane again? (laughs) (laughs) Probably the latter. (laughs) Uh, Fade into the anthropo... Wait, what? Anthropocene, I don't know. Alive in the fan... Anthropocene. (sighs) Whatever. Alive in the fathoms. (laughs) I don't know what the heck that's supposed to be. I don't know, but it's But I do like this piece. This piece is uh, a man, (laughs) but it's also a landscape. And then a cloud backdrop thing. Yeah. And... I, I'm assuming this is pencil. It's a sketchbook, so yeah. Uh I love that. I love I love the all the effects that this guy gets just with, you know, whatever he's using, charcoal, graphite, right. whatever. Um Yeah, I've never seen anything like this one, really. Cause the the person's silhouette is like a like a cutout. Yeah. Of the landscape. And then it goes into the rocks, kind of like in the water, cascading down the front of the person. So it's like combining this impossible space. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Right. I will say I hate his neck. <laughs> you hate what? His neck. Oh. <laughs> Just because it's super long? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's neck could be that long. Long neck. <laughs> Those meme guys. And long neck and wide neck. Have you not seen those dudes? Maybe. It's a guy with extremely long neck and a dude with extremely wide neck. And they were both memed at different times and then they got together and became a viral hit. Oh, no. Yeah. That's <laughs> the exact reaction you should have to that. Wow. Um, this color stuff's really cool. It reminds me of David Bowie a little bit down here. We go a little further back. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely like album March art. March 27, <laughs> 2018. But it's really good album art, in my opinion, if you yeah. like that old school David. Like, it does remind me of David Bowie colors and stuff. And even more recent, that Jack White album, mm. it, it kind of reminds me of that some. Because he had it's that white face with, you know, he has yeah, yeah. cloud, whatever, coming out of his head. Um, kind of get that feel, so that's really cool. A lot of different... He has so many different little styles, this dude. Like... He definitely has a similar feel with everything, but he does a lot of different stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, it's stuff. 
It's he loves owls first, or is it? Wait, is it a woman? That's an owl. No, <laughs> I mean the. I mean, artist. I don't know if it's a woman owl. Like I can't. I don't see it's. What? Is it a woman who does this? Colin? Uh, they're not showing the face, but I'm seeing long hair. We must know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna find out. Well, I don't know. But uh, we are using the societal norms that we've been taught to say that the name Colin is male, and to say that long hair is female, (laughs) and so so now we have no idea. (laughs) But uh, but long hair can be male. (laughs) Very much so, because I've had it. Yeah, Our but, good friend Trevor has it. Yeah, but I mean... Also, the body type is very ambiguous to yeah. either... And pink. Wearing pink. Ugh. Oh my gosh. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> we gotta edit this away. <laughs> we can't make jokes like this anymore. No, we're gonna get banned. <laughs> but, um, they love owls, and... I think they have very like regardless heavy of if animist. they are male, female, or non-binary, <laughs> yeah. or transgender. I love their art, and that's all that matters. These it's very like religious. I think overtones like animism or something of that nature. Yeah, kind very of spiritual. Spiritual, maybe some Wiccan. Yeah, maybe it's very a lot of eyeballs and stuff. A lot of third eye, some yeah. maybe new agey kind of. Oh yeah, spiritualism definitely something um, like that. It's all interesting, right? Native American patternings on stuff, Egyptian kind of looking stuff. They're very, influ- yeah, very influenced about a lot of different cultures who have had religions or spiritual takes on animal influence. Yeah, kind of spirituality. The relationship between man and animals, life and death. I'm sure that is something. <laughs> Maybe they're just vegan. Maybe they're vegan. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it has nothing to do with spirituality. It's just they're uh, <laughs> wanting you to open your mind to all life and quit eating the tasty, tasty chickens and cows. This this person, like, I just keep looking at their, their process and everything. They're making me want to paint right now, <laughs> which is good. It's great, but it does not make for good audio because we're just, just a bunch of yeah. dead space of us staring. Yeah, so we're during just staring this, blankly. <laughs> during this dead space of us staring, we're hoping you are in dead space yeah. staring as well so we can just stare together mm-hmm. as none and no one talks. Okay, well. Now, n- yeah. enough of that. Enough of that. Enough of visual art. old people stuff that doesn't move or talk. <laughs> we or... demand a full audio-visual moving experience. Yeah, and we got that for you. What? You got that for us? Yeah, we do. Some of the best animation I've seen in years. That's right. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That's fair, I suppose. I mean, it's, name something that's... I, on, yeah, yeah, I exactly. can't really think of anything. Uh, but love... Death and Robots. Which, on Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> it's really called Three Emojis. Yeah, it's my favorite show, Three Emojis. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just a heart, a skull and crossbone, or skull or... A something. skull or a cross. They're like an X, so yeah. I guess, I don't know. Right, and yeah, it's an Jolly X Roger. and then a robot-looking emoji thing, Yeah, which apparently comes out to be love, death, 
And robots with no Oxford comma. Yeah, because freaking screw us, I guess. Yeah, screw me and Luke, who <laughs> yeah. very much need one. I love the Oxford comma, but we're not. That's for our other podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for our Oxford comma <laughs> podcast. Uh, we just read things that decided to use it. It's called, come on, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Great title, Luke. So work in progress. <laughs> I don't know how you spell that either. Come uh, on. Oh, yeah, com- come on. Uh, Let's talk about this dumb show. All right. Um, I told Luke for like two weeks to watch the show. <laughs> I kept and forgetting, I, and then he reminded me, and I was like, gotcha, bro. And then I forgot again. <laughs> and then today, before we recorded, we sat down and watched three episodes. Because they're like 12 minute anthologies. And. They all have Black Mirror-esque ideas, not like in the sake of what happens if this happens scenarios like a Twilight Zone, but more in the sense of like screwed up situations or dystopian futures, a lot of sci-fi, some horror. There's one with a werewolf that's very cool, military werewolves. Okay. Um, I think there was a movie that did that already. It was like ISIS versus uh, the army. And people in the army were very prejudiced against the werewolves and such. Okay. And it was very interesting. It, it was a stupid concept, but they pulled <laughs> it off well. And that's the kind of thing, like, people were like, it's not the most brilliant philosophical thing. I was like, I don't think it was meant to be. Right. It's just meant to tease you with that and then just have fun with it. Yeah, it, it is a weird kind of energy they give you. I could see where people are coming from because you don't. I don't know where my expectation is supposed to be with it, you know, because yeah. it's like you of the three I watched, they're, you know, vastly different. Yeah. And that he literally. So Tim Miller is the creator and executive producer, which is incredible that he did all that himself. Like that's him. There's yeah. no, I don't think there was any other credits for that. There's a different director for everyone. So he didn't. He, he had some Samwises helping carry the load. Uh, I just pulled that out of my butt. I'm very <laughs> proud of that reference. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, he had a lot of different directors. He had a different director for everyone, but he was the creator and executive producer, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. And he was like, I want something for everyone. I just want to create some amazing animated um, shorts that could appeal to anyone. Yeah. Usually on your genre. And he said I hear that and that's the worst thing that you could ever do. <laughs> but he did a really good job with it, I think. Right. Yeah. Like we said, not the most mind blowing ideas, but the ideas he did do came off in a way that was fun and entertaining. And then the animation on it was brilliant and that's more than a that's more than you need. Quit being stingy. <laughs> Anything past that, you become a legit, like, critic. And that's when things stop being fun. Good. You need to have that balance, you know? There's, I mean, you can always critique something, but this was, this was enjoyable. Like, that's really what it comes down to to me. And it was, it was well done. Um, but uh, we watched, we watched one where they were in, a chick was in space and had a gravity-esque moment that turned into yeah, a... That was- a horror scene. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was kind of rolling my eyes at that. I don't know. It was really 
excellently animated and acted. Right. And, you know, it was intense and it definitely did its job. But then at the same time, it was just like, okay. <laughs> right. What was the point? Yeah. But then what's the point to any of it? Like, um, my thing is it did its job. It got you in the headspace it wanted to get you and it showed off its animation. Right. Job. A plus on that. Yep. And then there one Luke got to watch because I want you to watch these and these are so short you kind of spoil them. Right. Yeah. If like you I don't want to too much about <laughs> yeah. them, and specifically Ryan hasn't watched them yet, and I really <laughs> okay. want him to, so I really don't want to spoil it for Ryan. Let's spoil it for Ryan because <laughs> he's a very dedicated fan. I may just pressure him and be like, I spoiled Love Death Robot, so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta yeah. watch it before the next episode, bro. And I'll in be, the fourth one, everyone dies, Ryan. In the fourth one. I don't even remember which one's the fourth one. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Actually, I think that's the one with the robots and the cats, which I'm about oh. to talk about. Yeah, there's a dystopian <laughs> thing where uh, basically the only things you see here is some very intelligent, lifelike, artificial intelligent robots and some cats. And they have a ton of fun with it. Did they ever say why they were just like running around or just no. bored? Yeah, they were just bored. He was like <laughs> the the baby monitor, right? Uh, just decided to take them on a tour of like some <laughs> wreck city of, yeah. with humans. Um, and there's a twist at the end. There's a there's a horrible horrible twist. <laughs> horrible at the end. horrible twist. Um, but it was super cute. Like that one, I think. Leaning more into that is actually good for them because it literally is like, okay, if you want to be a cynic or a critic to this, what's the point? Like the point is this is just a, a kind of a jokey, ha-ha, having a good time, don't take this one too seriously type thing. Yeah, and that, that's why to me it's so weird to get a handle on where your headspace is supposed to be in, when viewing it as a whole. Right, because, because some of them are ha-ha jokey. Yeah, but you um, can't look at, I mean, you can't look at the gravity one and be like, oh, they're not taking this seriously. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know, I guess you could argue that they weren't, but <laughs> um, yeah. Because uh, there's a horrible punchline at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the third one that I watched was... Really interesting. It made me... It's It gets into... It's about, you know, why are we here? What is the... Meaning of... Yeah, but what's the meaning of art? What's the meaning of philosophy? What's right. the meaning of striving towards something? And, like, the end is... It, it's pretty, you know, poignant right. little thing that it says there at the end. Yeah, it is. And it's true. Yeah, in a so, sense, in a, in a sense, it's true. Because... When you when you look at it, and I'm gonna say it to keep it ambiguous, so you, it doesn't. Yeah, which did, what was the name of that one? Did we say Zima which, Blue? Okay, yeah. Um, when you look at it, it yeah. does a bunch much better job. Yeah. Than we will ever do, and there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Um, because if you ever take the time to sit down with it, mm-hmm. it really. You feel insignificant, you know? Right. Uh, I feel like that's a direct line of that to nihilism in a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's a bit of that in this episode. 
Yeah. Um, but not in a, there's positive nihilism and, uh, it, yeah, it's very interesting. It, yeah. It was a really... But you said it was very, uh, yeah. it pulled very much from a thing and you can tell them. So if they know what that is, they already yeah. have a leg up on everyone. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the positronic man by Isaac Asimov. It's a book that I really enjoyed, uh, back when I was trying to like absorb all the classic sci-fi I could and then I forgot about it like a month later and really need to get back to it honestly um but it's you know it's kind of it is similar in a ton of ways but in a a lot of ways it isn't of just like because some it's the events that happen in it are very similar, but like what it's saying isn't very similar. Right. I suppose it comes to a different conclusion. Yeah, you could argue that it's kind of in the same vein, but I don't right. know. But it just—I was just like, oh, this is it's kind of the yes, yeah, the kind of the same setup, but you know, it it right. works itself out to a different conclusion. Yeah, which is a semi-different ending in a sense. Right. Um, one is a very absolute kind of grim ending and i think this one is more of a let it be zen kind of it's okay yeah yeah but then again i don't know that story as well i only know what you've explained right. it to me yeah i mean like i say you could argue that it's it's more similar than it seems like it is on the surface but yeah regardless regardless <laughs> it's it's freaking fantastic um i the, did <laughs> the beginning animation um, it's kind of jarring because it's yeah. much different than a lot of the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Um, and what were you going to say? I was just going to say, <laughs> I just remembered out of the blue, out of the Zima blue, um, <laughs> that there's this one part where somebody is talking about, like explaining something and they're like, hey, guess what? This was the truth the whole time. And then the other person's like, well, wait, how does that make sense? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm. St- wait a minute. Even I'm not aware of everything. That's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just do that. Just cop out. Mm, Who th- knows how it happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. I think. I think the original um, conclusion to how he ended up the way he did is a lie. That's just. I mean, you can you they they leave it a little bit ambiguous, but then they really do like tell you a story. Okay, this is how it happened. Yeah, it and, could have been a you know just a rumor of how it happened. Right, exactly. But if it's not, then the, it raises so many questions. Like, I, I don't know. I just can't get into it without spoiling. But, <laughs> but right. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> So yeah, look it up. Um, yeah. Animation super fun and all of them and different in each one. Yeah, they're they're all fun. There's an one called Ice Age, whether it's uh, live action and then they have like a CGI world that's just thrown in and it's well done together and it's a fun little uh, ideology or um, question to like where what's what's going to happen next kind of for a human race done in a very quirky um light-hearted way Hmm. some very heavy ideas but then has a lot of hope in it and then um 
yeah, it just it's it has it has a lot of heavy and it's such a weird mixture of heavy and lighthearted in this one episode. <laughs> um, and I think to some people it'd be cheesy, but I enjoyed it just because it reminded me of reminiscent of like the '90s. Like it may make sense once you watch it, but it's uh, there's this old I think it was '90s. It may have been a I'm pretty sure it was '90s. Where this kid found these dinosaurs, baby, miniature dinosaur things. Remember that movie? Yeah. Yeah, but it has some of that kind of uh, vibe to it. But in a more serious, realistic tone, just because the CGI is better. And it's not the same concept, but it gives you those kind of weird, quirky 90s (laughs) ideas that was very much the 90s-based ideas. Oh, that's that's fun. So, um... Yeah, Love, Death, and Robots. It is fantastic. Don't um, think about it too hard and just enjoy the incredible animation and fun, quirky ideas and take it where you want, you know? If they didn't go far enough, take it there yourself. Read some philosophy. Encourages you to explore more in your own mind. Yeah. Don't let them tell you everything. Take it yourself, so. Like he said and I said even about the animation – because everything's so different, it can be jarring and kind of every time you kind of have to reset to get into it and by the time you're really submerged, it's over. Right. But there's kind of some benefits to that as well. So it's like a give and take thing. Right. It's like a variety of candy things. Some of the candy may just be awful, but the pieces you like are really good. And I don't know. Life is like, like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I realized I set myself up for that. It was bad. I'm sorry, people. Uh, Last, but certainly not least, your boy Luke is cultured, and he went to a concerte. Yeah, went to a jazz concert. Um, Did we have a concert corner? Was that a thing? Concert corner. Because <laughs> uh, Jacob was like, We're, we should talk about concerts that we go to. That would be fun and spice things up. And this was like months ago. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you go for it, bro. Because I don't go to concerts. Right. And but this is the second one. And it's me. Yep. <laughs> We're one and one, boys. Yeah. So I didn't and gals this happen, but And men and women. Sorry. Just want to. <laughs> and non-binary. Um, yes, thank you. All. But it was Monty Alexander... Uh, performing with the Knoxville Orchestra. Who are fantastic. Sure it was. Who I got to see perform the soundtrack to Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Very cool. During, like they played the movie and did the soundtrack while the movie's going and it was spot on. I've seen that movie so many times I could tell you if it was off. But it was, it was probably one of my favorite experiences ever because that's one of my favorite movies because I've watched it so many times as a kid. So anyways, right. I love the Knoxville Orchestra, so it must be fantastic. And I'm so excited to hear about it because he hasn't told me yet. How big uh, were they? It was pretty good size. Like it was a full orchestra. Maybe it, I don't know maybe, what, like the definition of a full orchestra is. I mean, it had the, you had the woodwinds and you had okay. percussion and horns and big bass like i don't i don't like it seemed like what i've seen in movies and what i've heard with my ears it sounded like full orchestra um probably a little more condensed just because nowadays a lot of people are multi-instrument instrumentalists yeah so they pick the different songs they do different instruments yeah they were doing that 
Yeah, so it's more compact, but I still think it's a full orchestra, you know, type right. thing. Just for, it's evolved. It's a little different now than it used to be. Right. Uh, for this, it was it was like four saxophonists <laughs> and slash. There was like four people on the side that were doing various brass, brass, yes, <laughs> and uh, brass, and then. Um, See brass, and then I think saxophones wood is it woodwind? That has no it has idea. the pieces. It has the reed or this whatever. This is the reed. Um, yeah, I honestly <laughs> I forgot. Know. It's been like your art knowledge. I used to know all this stuff yeah, at one yeah. point, and don't you hate how that happens? Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's called tragedy. It's called getting old. Yeah, it's called getting old. And your <laughs> brain has used up all its memory, and you're always getting new and yeah, stuff. Just getting putting stuff in the recycle bin. Yeah. I hate it. But uh so there was like four people on the left, like four or five people in the back with like little trumpets. Right. And then like four or five people to the right with little trumpets and then a, a guy on drums and a guy on a big old bass. Right. So it was their orchestra but more of a it seemed like more of a swing big band. It seemed like more of a big band type of that that right. sounds like more of a big band right, type yeah. of feel. Big bands kind of look like orchestras in a sense, right? Um, and I'm sure someone who plays an orchestra could play in a big band if they've had the training. Yeah. And if I misheard, and this is like some other thing, then <laughs> we'll edit it, right? <laughs> but, uh, but so Monte Alexander, this guy, he's a pianist, and he also plays the. Well, I'm sure he plays several things, but he's known for his piano playing and his uh what is it called it's like the thing you blow into with a little keyboard oh um melodica yeah yeah and he's jamaican and so i didn't know what to really expect when i came to this thing because there most of the people in the crowd were older like the vast majority of people were old sitting around me. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it was in the Bijou Theater. Classy joint. Right. It's pretty kind of small in terms of, you know, it's not small, but. Right. I know. I know what you're it, it feels kind of small for some reason, even though it's got tons of seating and it's like really vertical, a lot of verticality to it. But, um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of expected it to be a somber <laughs> affair. I would not expect that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a jazz jazz concert. So, But anyway, Monty Alexander is this man. He's 75 years old, and he has 75 albums, I think he said. Oh, man. And he's just full of energy, and he just comes out there, and it's so, you know, like, personable, charismatic guy. Right. He's just a blast, just this fun Jamaican accent. He's a real performer. Yeah, he, he really is. An Entertainer. Art- my uh, mother, as uh, she convinced me to go, she um, she hung out with him a bit, and so she's like, he's he's shy, you know, off the stage and stuff. So it's always interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, this happens more often than you would think, though. You know? Yeah, it's like they save that. It's like right. bottled up, and they just <laughs> let it out on stage. Yeah, you have to recharge. Right. Um. But he, the first thing they did was, it was just him and, like, the two guys he always travels with, which is, like, bass and drums. Which is awesome. I love yeah. a, a 
trio is one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, they in in rock bands, jazz, whatever. A trio is some of the finest music you'll hear. You're right, um, but they they just man, I love I love just not only the music because it was fantastic because Monty like uses all this stuff from jamaican you know music mixed in with this like classic jazz stuff and you know the the drummers using these i don't know what you'd call them but it's like these kind of i don't know like they sound tight the drums right i don't know (laughs) it's it's just tuned tight yeah but it it, but it feels very you know like there's a bright or sounder to it it's like more of a twang more i don't know pop I, I know what you're saying right it just it didn't it's like not the typical drum setup for right. jazz i would assume but but i don't know um, it's changed a lot i don't right. it all depends on what type of jazz too yeah um but i get what you're saying um, it's really interesting but they just watching them interact with each other is super fun super fascinating because these people you know they've they've done years worth of musical work with each other so they're just in tune that's awesome perfectly and they're just sitting there smiling just beaming while they're playing this stuff just like pointing at each other like the spotlight will go over there and this guy just goes nuts on the drums <laughs> and then they just go over to the bass guy and he like starts playing pink panther out of nowhere <laughs> and it perfectly course, like blends into the that's music such a bass move <laughs> yeah it was so good um and then orchestra comes out and you know, it it was weird because I think I preferred the more minimal stuff. Right. But, you know, the orchestra fantastic. Yeah. All these horns and stuff going off at the same time, mixing with all this did, stuff. Did and, they do stuff that had kind of a big band feel at um, any point? Yeah. Kind of a swing a tempo bit. or anything? Mm, yeah, they did, they did like upbeat, upbeat stuff. Right. They kind of, you know, felt around the genre spectrum there. A lot. That's pretty cool. I think Monty just loves to do that based on just watching him work. Cause right. So many times he would start a song and it was just like, oh, okay, I know where the song's going. And then it would just go completely off the rails <laughs> to like a totally different song, a totally different feel. Right. Um, so anytime that got in the way or was that mostly very enjoyable? Uh, Most of the time it was very enjoyable. There were a couple songs where I was like, man, I wish he had kept... Right, like because I I love the soft jazz, like minimal soft jazz, like that's just such... what are you seventy <laughs> five and named Monty, old man? Yes. No I'm kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> There's a lot you can get from. Yeah, it's just so slower jazz, emotional. Well, right, I don't know if I necessarily like smooth jazz though, which is a little different. I like smooth jazz. It just makes me think of Long John Silver's, like saxophone smooth jazz. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Okay, what I went to Long John Silver, but it's it's like Careless Whisper kind of saxophone, but yeah. you know, better, jazzier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all that kind of stuff is like I think Long John Silver's because I'd eat there with my grandmother and they played that music in there, so I'm tainted. Right. Um. um but yeah. Uh. But I, I like the upbeat stuff, too. But, you know, and he would just sit somewhere nice and cozy and just be like, okay, I just want to live in this for a while. And then he would make it up tempo. I was like, well, okay. Right. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, maybe he got bored. But um, 
it was just all around an incredibly enjoyable experience. And I would, if he's in town where you're at, I would very much say go see him. And then listen to his albums. Yeah. Because they're probably a good representation of what he does. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah, and uh, just going to reiterate the like Jamaican side of things. Like, he played like straight up just a, a Jamaican song. Like, like reggae? Yeah. Yeah, like a like a, a Jamaican song. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, reggae, because <laughs> uh, he got the melodica, you know, right. and is just playing like this very okay, Jamaican. But it was you know it was Jamaican. Jambalaya. Yeah, it was a very jambalaya tune. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, That's Louisiana, isn't it? <laughs> We're gotten off track. Uh, uh, always. Always. Every time we're about to end a podcast, we just like derail. <laughs> We've been driving so carefully. 150 miles an hour and let's go off road. Yeah, it's like Monty Alexander on the piano. Yeah, we just decided to... Um, decided to course correct to... A different course that no yeah, one knew. We was embodied even there. his spirit, his essence, <laughs> in this podcast at the end. Yeah, uh, Monty Alexander, thank you for sharing, bro. No problem. I wish you had heard him so that you would be able to use uh, musical terms that would make a more accurate no, I, painting of, <laughs> of the I experience think I had. Getting your honest experience of it is kind of what I want in this segment. You know, I just don't know what words to use to well, describe stuff. It's a problem. Breathe. Musicology. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Read some music theory, bro. Uh, nah. Yeah. Unless you're a big music nerd, it, I would job. recommend it. It is my job. I enjoy it, though. Which is why we make a good team. Yeah. Because I would hate looking up art, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I like I like it when someone gives me something good. Oh, just scrolling through that stuff, I commend you, my friend. <laughs> I, I do look at it sometimes on yeah. my own, but just going deviant art. Yeah, scroll down. The yeah, top you're you're it's, the real MVP. It's the worst. <laughs> so many boobies. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, well, let's never think about that again. And and cut. Not do this episode anymore. And cut. And. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you, bye. <laughs>